beautiful soul family and welcome to the walk on podcast the podcast where i try to demystify spirituality personal growth and healing and whatever else i feel like talking about i'm your host Britt cannon and this week we're talking about fascism um this has been like on my mind pretty heavily for the past i don't know like (laughs) how long has trump been in office um since 2016 right no yeah 2016 so like four years i guess basically but also sort of before that too it's kind of a thing that i've been obsessed with for since i first started learning about it in middle school and you know i talk all the time about how um my grandmother was this sort of like brainwashing like cult leader figure in my life and all narcissistic abusers kind of are really like all abusers anyone who's uh, an abuser sort of like operates from this mode of um of authoritarianism of control of manipulation of gaslighting like it uses a lot of the same tactics but my grandmother in particular was like very drawn to like charles manson and jim jones and like just is that it was that his name jim jones yeah um yeah that's right (laughs) you know these like cult leaders who who had sort of these mind control powers over people Um, And in a similar way, I guess, like, when you're abused, trying to crack the code of, like, what the fuck happened to you, because it's such a mind fuck, and, like, it's so, you live in a distorted sort of reality, um, I think it led me to to try and understand um, control in any form, especially control on a macrocosmic societal level. Um, And so, like, I was first introduced to the idea of fascism when I was in sixth grade and we learned about the Holocaust and, like, the Nazi movement and Hitler and dictators and, like, World War II and how this global fascism started taking hold. And I remember, you know, learning that, like, nationalism was a gateway drug to fascism. And, you know... I remember I I remember very vividly like reading that in the in our history book I can like see the page it was on and how like nationalism was bolded on the page and remember I remember thinking like this sounds like America like nationalistic you know patriotism and um I don't know, and it just kind of planted a seed. <laughs> I think I was kind of born to question. Like, I think I just came into this reality knowing that a lot of our society was founded on bullshit, and um, even, like, very young. And uh, I just, like, enjoy that role in life and enjoy nonconformity and stuff. So, yeah, I just, like, 
sort of innately knew that America was up to no good. Um, anyway, I remember learning about it and being horrified as anyone who learns about the Holocaust, especially the first time. But like just this brutal war that went on for no reason, just because of one man's dysfunction, like one man's out of control ego and how people were capable of these like despicable, horrible, like monstrous sort of acts. And um, I remember thinking, like, how does this happen? Like, how does this, how do people let this happen? Like, how do people just jump on board or endorse this or live by this when it's so clearly wrong? And, you know, I had similar feelings learning about slavery, um, although it was definitely, like, the, the idea of slavery and, like, the Confederacy was certainly taught, at least in Virginia schools, with much less empathy um, and, like, much less honesty than the Holocaust was taught, much less, like, sort of reverence for the lives lost and the violence that went on. Um, same thing with, like, the, the indigenous genocide that happened when America was founded, like where I'm from, it's there's so much nationalism, so much pride in in like being one of the first states that was founded and like, you know, there's all these like historical sites based on colonial times. Like there's a whole city where I'm from where everyone's dressed in like colonial attire all the time. And um but they just kind of gloss over or whitewash or like sugarcoat um a lot of the the horrific genocidal murderous acts that went on back then. So it's taught, I think it's because it, those slavery and, um, and the, an indigenous genocide and like land stealing, um, those, that happens to people of color. So like white supremacy, uh, teaches us, white supremacy teaches us that people of color are less human than white people and therefore like less deserving of opportunity less deserving of comfort less deserving of life even and so you can see that even the way in the way that history is taught um where like we're just we feel more empathy for other white people that even goes into like art and how we consume it and how like up until very recently Hollywood specifically wasn't interested in funding any projects that didn't feature a white lead because they thought that white people wouldn't watch a movie about a white lead never really wondering or questioning if like people of color would have a hard time watching all white casts, you know, um, only making art for one type of person, which is really like what a fascist society, because like fascism is pretty intertwined with white supremacy. Um, that's what like this fascist white supremacist, uh, like, I don't know, intention um, that's what it teaches us is that like the ideal there's an ideal in society, and then anyone who falls short of that is just you know less than or even like something to be like removed or um or what's the word you know like just erased um and yeah just thinking about when trump got elected uh i remember being like holy shit <laughs> here is American fascism, you know, like it has arrived in this, you know, ugly, 
sloppy, like not very intelligent, not critical thinking, super greedy. I mean, he's just like a walking ego, you know? He has no self-reflection. I just read this week uh, like a little write-up of a book that was written by his niece who's a psychologist who's talking about she like basically like armchair diagnoses him with narcissistic personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder and if you don't know antisocial personality disorder is kind of like psychopathy or sociopathy it's like being so devoid of empathy that you like the only way to feel alive basically is by hurting others and causing harm to others and this can be like on a criminal violent level but oftentimes it manifests in these rich white dudes who run companies and the reason why, and this is like sort of along the lines of fascism, like the reason why men like that are so exorbitantly successful in American society is because they're devoid of empathy, because they can make cold, calculated business decisions, and because they enjoy um, harming other people on their way to the top. I'm sure we've all met people like this in our lives, you know, people like social climbers, like people who don't mind talking shit or spreading rumors or even like stealing opportunities from plagiarizing, like you see it in nearly every kind of like art form or industry. There's the people who work with integrity and then there's the, you know, the sort of bad guys. And in this society, the bad guys are rewarded with more power, more money, like bigger platforms and less consequences, you know, less accountability. It's like how if you commit you know how crimes like the level of punishment of crimes is based on like like if you steal if you steal if you shoplift the punishment is less serious than if you like embezzle um but it seems like the richer you get the less trouble you get in you know it's like just like a slap on the wrist or like martha stewart for insider trading it's like you stay at a basically a luxury hotel for a couple years um anyway <laughs> i think you can like how how good a society is uh, is indicated by what kind of people are at the top of it. And, um, you know, like Hitler, like Mussolini, like Trump is this, this egomaniacal kind of... I'm reading a book about abuse right now called Why Does He Do That by Lundy Bancroft, and it's about abusive men um, and abusive rela relationships in general. But he talks about how, um, how to hurt someone, to abuse someone. You have to be pretty disconnected from your humanity and your divinity. He doesn't use the word divinity, but like that's my uh, paraphrasing. Um, and like like disconnected from compassion like this is a thing that vegans say about eating meat like the only way to like consume a living being uh without your conscience flaring up is to just dissociate from the fact that it was in fact a sentient living being and their argument is always like i'm not vegan but like i've said a couple times on this podcast like i totally get it one day i will be i just am not there yet <laughs> um i've done it a couple times but i always end up like going back to meat because it's easier and cheaper um but 
Yeah. Uh, I think that to be like a dictator like this, um, you just have to be like to, to thirst for power. There has to be something dysfunctional in you, I think, because I don't think humans are really meant to strive for that. Like being ambitious is a good thing. Being hardworking is a good thing. Um, wanting like more and better for yourself, like always being expansive is a good thing. But wanting power and control over others, wanting to harm or or steal or like hoard resources away from others like seeing your success seeing yourself as somehow more worthy of your basic needs being met um it's just kind of like pathological to me like i just don't think there's anything good or moral or uh admirable about admirable about that and you see this happen with like the politics, you know, it's been a, the slow burn of fascism really since the beginning of America. Like we left, we left England because we were experiencing religious persecution, supposedly, um, and came here and then persecuted others in order to set up camp and then founded basically the exact same place. Like we have slightly more quote unquote freedom in the sense that we don't have a monarchy, but really neither do they. Like they vote for parliament who has the real control and the family is just a symbol, you know? Um, you could argue the same for our government and our presidency. Like, we vote for the people who vote for the people who put the guy in office. And really, it seems like it doesn't matter what we say. The person who the establishment has decided is going to be better for their wallets is the one who wins. Not to get, like, dabble too far into conspiracy, because it's not totally that kind of podcast. But I do feel like some of that conspiracy shit has merit, especially when we're watching um, the of like overt fucking fascism happened before our very eyes and so like we're talking about the nationalism like if you think about this the nationalism that we experience now is kind of a direct result of 9-11 and like the Islamophobia that started taking hold back then and that's one one operating mode of fascism one like Cool is that there's an othering that happens, like there's a scapegoating that happens. If you know anything about, oh my gosh, you guys, <laughs> this week I was trying to transcribe the first episode of this podcast and I was having such a hard time because I talk so fucking fast <laughs> and I never like listen and listen to myself talk, so I didn't realize, but I was just like realizing how fast I was talking and then I remembered transcribing and it made me laugh and I got distracted. Um, so one way that fascism works is it has a scapegoat. Um, with Hitler, it was Jewish people. Um, he blamed Jewish people for the financial instability of Germany, even though it was really like World War One that devastated the country. He just needed a person to blame so that he could direct all of the malice of his campaign towards that specific group and then prey on the fears of the people who had been struggling. You know, pay, like prey on... In this system, it would be like like how Trump sort of appeals to the xenophobic fears of um, of like the conservative Christian right, even though he's not really conservative or Christian. Um, he preys on that like like he I heard or read in an article this week that he was talking about how um, 
there's lots of uh, increased instances of violence in major cities that have democratic leadership because they want to defund the police. That's not true, you know, like first of all it's not true um, and lies and propaganda is a pretty big uh, a pretty big tool of fascism because you have to like you have to lie to the people um, because if you're if you go in, this reminds me so much of this book on abuse I'm reading sorry I'm having like too many thoughts at once um the guy, the person who wrote this book, the therapist who wrote this book was saying that abusers have to lie in the beginning. You know, like for the first little like year or two that you're with an abuser, it's a little bit magic. You know, it's like the most romantic thing you've ever seen. It's like a movie, too good to be true. Um, and the, the guy who wrote the book says that that's because if they showed up on the first date and called you a fucking bitch, you wouldn't go on the second date with them. Like they have to lie. Um, and that's kind of like you know, a dictator can't show up and be like, hey, what up, everybody? I'm running on the fascism platform. <laughs> I want absolute power over this system. Um, I'm going to feed you all. You know, they have to, like, they have to lie. Um, and they have to find, like, basically you have to find the people in society who have the most power, who, are, who have the most to lose by losing or, like, relinquishing some of that power. And you have to appeal to those fears. It's that thing where, like, Trump ran his campaign on, like, like Mexican people are taking your jobs, you know, which is like, again, it's propaganda, it's a lie, and it's like an incredibly simplistic and like flawed way of looking at, uh, you know, employment and immigration and just like literally everything. Um, but you know, he needed an enemy. And I think it started with 9-11 and then, like, we had all these wars where we were, like, attacking an idea of terrorism by invading or destabilizing or further destabilizing these countries to no avail. You know, like, nothing good came of this. And in my opinion, nothing good ever comes of war, but, you know, that's just me. I'm just a tree-hugging hippie. But... Um, you know, we've been operating in this fear place for a long time, and I think fear is also a tool of fascism, right? If you get the people scared, if you get... There's this conspiracy theory, like in the um, umbrella conspiracy theory of the New wor World Order, they say that the, the mantra of it is from order chaos, or from chaos order. So it's this idea that the people, you know, the proletariat will become so disenfranchised, so oppressed, so poor, so scared, so lost that, you know, just like how abusers tend to pick people who are vulnerable, whether it's like physically ill or, um, or poor or have been abused before, you know, they look for people who, with weak boundaries, um, these dictators like kind of look for a moment when people are scared, when people are suffering. That's this new world order thing. And the theory is that the proletariat, the people with all the power, even if by, even if that power is only defined by numbers, you know, there's simply more of us than there are of them. Um, but there's a point where we'll get so scared that we literally relinquish all of our power like we give all of our power over to the big daddy government who comes and saves the day uh thereby sort of like signing our our uh i don't know our like 
really like signing our souls away, our freedom away, our autonomy away, our like purposes away, um, our ultimate happiness away. Because this is the thing with fascism. Um, in my healing circle on Sunday, I brought this up and we had a really interesting conversation and I took tons of notes that I have sitting here. Um, and we were talking about how, you know, there's this like tiny house movement or this, what's the word? Um, it's like a new transcendental movement, you know, like Ralph Waldo Emerson and like Henry David Thoreau and have this like, I'm going to go into the woods and like become enlightened and realize that life is really simple and that it's really about like staring at nature and like looking within yourself like that's basically what life's about which you know those two white dudes didn't discover this idea like people have been having this realization since we decided to start making cities <laughs> um, since we forgot you know this is like this is what indigenous spiritual spiritualities teach is like be in harmony with nature like the earth gives us everything we need um, don't take more than your share like be a communal cooperative uh, presence in this world and like all your needs will be met and you'll be happy you won't have an excess amount you know you won't have like a Malibu mansion with a an Olympic swimming pool and a waterfall but your needs will be met and you'll have like time and space to enjoy your life but um, with this like tiny house movement this transcendentalist movement it's like um, the the permaculture movement where like people are like growing their own food and feeding other people with that food they grow and there's no money exchanged like this is we're having these diverging realities and I've talked about this concept a lot of times in many of these episodes so there's kind of like two realities happening now there's like the fascist reality where Trump has taken over and like we're certainly all uh, living in this reality where like we're left to fend for ourselves during coronavirus and like we're all being forced back to work and like the government has not cared about us any step of the way and we're just like casualties on the conveyor belt of capitalism um and then there's this other reality going on where people are like hold on what's happening here like who who said that this is what was going to happen like who says we don't have a choice uh, how can I get out of this? Like, how can I stop participating in this system? How can I find simplicity and happiness? But how our government has, like, on the sneak tip, made these things illegal. Like, it's illegal to share seeds with people. It's illegal to grow your own food in some places. It's illegal to live in your car in some places. And, like, a tiny house is considered a vehicle and not a house. Um, and they're not enforced in every place right now, but they're, the legislation like does exist so that if enough people find freedom within the system, they can start enforcing it and punishing people for, you know, meeting their needs in unconventional ways and ways outside of capitalism. And this is, you know, fascism is racist, fascism is sexist, fascism is queerphobic, and fascism is ableist. Um, fascism hates anyone who isn't like a good little worker drone. Um, someone said in the healing circle yesterday, where is it? It's complacency or punishment. 
Um, my friend Whitney Graham said that. She has a great podcast called Think Carefully. If you search it, you can find it on Spotify. Um, and that's kind of what it is. And I feel like if you listen to my episode on freedom versus control, like I get a little bit into this and how you can sense control, you can notice the patterns of control, whether it be in relationships, in our own heads, or from society. And, uh, you know, you can see how it really does attack sort of like a virus in the body, you know, like the fascism attacks anyone who speaks out against it. And really, like, I guess this is my ultimate point is like, right now we're experiencing the covert fascism of Trump that looks a lot like anytime fascism has like taken hold in this world. It's very, very similar. It all works the same. Every abuser kind of works the same. Um, and you know, he's a hundred percent an abuser in his life. Like look at his wife, look at his kids, look at his best friendship with Epstein, you know, like very clearly an abusive sort of person. Like, can you imagine him ever apologizing to someone or like being kind or caring or warm or compassionate or like having a genuine fucking emotion ever in his life? No. Um, anyway, we're experiencing the cove, the more overt, you know, in your face style now, but really America has been this way since the beginning. Um, and I think that's an important distinction because I think when we talk about things like, like, uh, reforming the police or when people use that tired old rhetoric of like vote or die, you know, as if it's our own fault for being disenfranchised with a system that is inherently broken and violent towards some of us who are marginalized in one or more ways, you know, like if you're a disabled person, you know, the system doesn't care about you. If you're a person of color, you know, the system doesn't care about you. If you're a queer person, especially a queer person who was alive during the AIDS crisis, you know the system doesn't fucking care about you. Um, and you know it never has. And so I think these two realities that I'm always talking about, they also are like people who understand what America is and people who are still operating under the illusion. People who still have this weird faith in this government, even though the government has proved itself to be malevolent and malicious from the start. Like, who captures people and forces them to work for free for 400 years um, and then becomes a world superpower able to demolish, you know, other bigger, more powerful country, you know, like at the time, like anytime we've come in and like ended a conflict, you know, with our weapons and our military, um, you know, it's like, how did we get so powerful? We got so powerful because we benefited from 400 years of free labor. Like, the country was built by enslaved black people uh, for free. And that's why we were an economic superpower. So, like, the country's been fucked up from the start. Let's just, like, get that through our heads. And I really think, if you listen to, like, an e economist who um, is more in line with, like, communist... Um, ideological understand. I don't know, I like uh, ideology or like communist sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Theory. Um, they always say that capitalism you know, like capitalism has a, a path, a trajectory it's like a 
the opposite of the road less traveled. Like this, this road has been worn dry by like the feet. How many feet have taken this way? And capitalism is never, has never been, will never be fully sustainable. Like it's not a thing that's meant to last forever. A society rides this wave. They experience the bliss and the abundance of like, like a, a golden age, right? Um, especially after like something like a war this is the baby boomer time like the baby boomer time was like yay yay capitalism but specifically if you were already wealthy and straight and cis and white and able-bodied and like neurotypical <laughs> um which again pretty big red flag that we're in a fascist system if like you have to be that type of person to hold any power in society or to experience the benefits of a quote-unquote golden age or like an economic boom um yeah so it's never been good um but capitalism like it just it's like an insatiable beast you know and by nature once you're in late stage capitalism what that means is that you're in like an oligarchy it means that a few hold the majority of the wealth and the majority of people are suffering greatly and like if you look at any fascist uh dictatorship um, that's kind of what it is. Like the people live very, they live without, and then the people in charge who perceive themselves as more worthy, as superior, as smarter, as like, I don't know, they just think they deserve it. In some cases, they're even convinced that they're like God or like divined by God to be in such a position of power. Like they feel they have this immense grandiosity and entitlement, which look up the, um, the traits of narcissism. And like, those are two in the DSM five. Like that's how you get diagnosed with it. Grandiosity, entitlement, superiority, lack of empathy, lack of ability to self-reflect. And like, what are the, these guys all fit the mold? Um, yeah. So now we're experiencing this the scary shift of late stage capitalism as it morphs into fascism. And I really think that that fascism is like successful capitalism, right? If if the whole if the whole intention of capitalism or like the whole story of it, you know, the story of the rags to riches story is that like, if you work hard enough, you can rise above your circumstances. And what that does is it tricks people who end up being lucky enough to rise above their circumstances. And I think a lot of it has to do with luck, you know, like networking or like just opportunities falling into your lap or whatever. Um, it tricks them into thinking that they're worthy, you know, like I deserve this because I've put in the work. And I just think that that's inherently flawed because I've never met a low level employee who worked less hard, uh, who didn't work as hard as their superior. Like the higher you are in a job, usually like the less difficult your job is. Um, it might be difficult in other ways, but it's probably less physical demand, physically demanding and you make more money, which like makes it more, I don't know, you can like deal with more if you're making more money um, and you have a little bit more job security and stuff. So actually like the people in society who make the least are working the hardest. So like that, that uh, lie of like hard work isn't even true. Um, 
but we're just heading, we're in right now. You know, we're in fascism in the sense that people can have vaccine, vaccines for diseases and charge exorbitant amount, amounts of money for them, and, like, that's fine. Or, um... You know, someone like Trump can become president of the quote-unquote free world. Uh, you know, the way that the COVID crisis is being handled, how like um, how we're all being sort of herded like sheep back to work before we feel safe enough to do so. You know, I'm really offended by how the government just like ignores that trauma exists. You know, they're just like, okay, it's over, even though it's still happening. They're like, okay, it's over, go back to work, go back to normal, and they're expecting us to just be, like, happy about it. Like, whistling as I walk with my mask on, <laughs> you know, back into the scary world of employment. Not even thinking that, like, maybe we need a minute. A minute. Like, maybe we need a minute to process. Maybe we need a minute to integrate what we've just learned. Like, maybe we need a minute to... Uh, get used to the idea of going back, but like none of that exists because fuck mental health when you're in a fascist society. Who cares? Like, and that's the thing is like it's oppressive, it's low vibrational, it's devoid of empathy, it's we don't matter in a fascist system. Like, the people don't matter because the government doesn't see us as individual human beings or even as like divine souls, it sees us as as a paycheck, you know, as like a number in their bank account, as just like someone, you know, I, I keep using the phrase like the cost of doing business, the way they're treating us, like how the less valuable, valuable you are to capitalism, the less important it is if you die of COVID. Like if you're an old person, that's fine. If you're a child, that's fine. If you're immunocompromised already, that's fine. It's like, fucked up, you know? It's inhumane. Um, and it's happening in a lot of other ways, too. And, you know, my partner said this amazing thing yesterday that gave everyone in the group chills about how, you know, maybe the government is like, because a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how it's really interesting that people all of a sudden have time and energy to protest or to educate themselves or to post about um, black liberation on their social media and like to have these conversations with their family and friends and like suddenly everyone's able to engage in this because we're not so tired um, and so drained from surviving uh, as in like leaving our houses to go to work for most of the time every day um, and how like that's for like last week two weeks ago that was we were like oh it's so beautiful like oh it's so cool and it's also like making us think about capitalism and like how maybe it's not so great because if we're all too tired from work to stand up for ourselves and create a better reality like something's up here you know it's kind of like it's kind of like abuse like um one common tactic of abusers is like to not let you sleep because if you sleep, you like can get your your faculties about you, and you're in your right mind. But if you're like exhausted all the time, um, because of this person bombarding you with like attention, or like, I guess attention is is like too positive a word, but bombarding you with like, uh, I don't know, um, drama, chaos, uh, you can't get you can't 
think straight and you can't rise above the cloud of bullshit in order to see what's going on. Um, so if we, like, it's against our best interests. If we can't even, like, fight for our right to exist or, like, fight for our own safety. And it does seem like, you know, they're they're hurting us back to work in a way to like get things back to quote unquote normal as in like get these people out of their critical thinking put them back to sleep like get them back into their working every day just to get their basic needs met so that they're too tired to point the finger at us anymore and um you know it seems like that's happening and not only that but trump has been you know, deploying these, like, militarized police forces who have no, you know, identifiers, like, no one really knows who they are or who they're with. Even, like, local governments are like, who the fuck are these people? And they're just going into specifically Portland right now, although I have a friend in D.C. who said she's seen them out there, too. Um, just, like, snatching up protesters and kidnapping them, throwing them into unmarked white vans and driving off. Um, this is, like, a fascist police state like if that is allowed to happen in america which is supposedly a free place although again if you're marginalized you've been knowing the police are a malevolent force of oppression you know um so again even waking up to the fascism right now because it's more overt is a privilege um I think a lot of this fascism can be traced back to like 4chan and like alt-right chat rooms and who exists in those spaces. It's like, you know, like fucking awful straight cis white dudes um, who can't get laid and are incredibly bitter about it and needed to like find community with one another in their sad, weird, um, awful forums where they just are like you know jizzing over their own terribleness and uh they just really fucking pumped each other up in in their weird victim complex you know it's that fear i was talking about where like like hitler found a way he was like oh i i sent some unrest oh i sent some um some dissension amongst the people of this country so like how can i demonize one group in order to uplift the other group so that they're on my side because if it's like um the enemy of my enemy is my friend you know it's like we can join forces and we can together we can feel better than someone else and that can empower us and like that's what's going on with these it used to be called MRAs. I don't, I guess alt-right, I don't really know what they're called anymore. I'm a little, like, out of the the trolling those people loop because I'm not on Tumblr and that was what I used to do back then. But it's just these guys who hold a lot of power in society. But when confronted with that power, you know, when someone says, like, we're not saying you're a bad person. We're not saying your life wasn't hard. We're just saying that in this white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchy, you hold a lot of privilege. You check a lot of those boxes. Um, and I think they're upset because they're still so mediocre, even though they have power. So they're like, how could I possibly have power when I've amounted to literally nothing? I can't even get a girlfriend. And so they, this is like a mode of an abuser. Like they get into a victim complex where they, they're blameless because they 
they find someone to blame for their pain, for their, like, suffering, for their... And, you know, sometimes there are people to blame. Like, sometimes hurt people do hurt people. But um, this kind of, like, pathological need to always be the hurt party just kind of nurtures that unwillingness to take responsibility because there's always someone to blame. It always reminds me of my first boyfriend who was, like, totally a fucking asshole. And he would fail school all the time because he wouldn't do his homework, even though he was a genius. And he would be, he felt he was better than school. And he felt he was like smarter than all his teachers. And maybe in some, some cases he was, but uh, he felt like he was too good to do homework. And then he would fail. And then he'd be like, that teacher failed me and wouldn't take responsibility for, for the fact that he was too lazy to do the work. And so this kind of like inability to self-reflect just stunts growth. And also it causes you to hurt people. Like that's the thing when people can't apologize to someone, like when they can't, they genuinely can't say sorry. One, because they're probably not sorry because they don't see anything wrong with their behavior because in their head there are behaviors working like Trump doesn't have any interest in becoming better because his behavior is getting him what he wants he's getting attention like people are talking about him and he has a lot of power um and that feels really good to him and also it clearly you know abuse is about power abuse is about control um and that's often what being a sexual predator is about which he allegedly is. I think I went on my rant about the word allegedly. <laughs> um, I hate saying it when someone so clearly is, you know, but I'm also not trying to get sued or whatever. Um, but yeah. So he's got his like police force out. He's doing the propaganda and misinformation. He's appealing to the nationalism. Um, he is taking over the CDC so that he can control the amount of information that gets out about coronavirus so that we he can like lead us into a false sense of security as far as going back to work. Like it is setting in. He reversed that trans bill of health that protected transgender people and allowed, you know, people to get their medical needs met. Um, and, you know, it's like really fucking scary and really fucking heavy. And, you know, if you haven't come to my healing circles on Sunday, uh, Sundays at 3 3 3 p.m. You really should. It's so amazing because like all week I've been thinking about fascism and like I've been trying to read the news more because I I hate when I get bombarded by scary news. It's just like that's worse than feeling terrible, a little terrible every day. Um, so I've been reading it every day and it's like every single day there's some headline that might as well read Trump's a fucking fascist. Guess what? More fascism. Fascist, fascism taking taking hold in America. You know, like, it's just this, I call it the slow burn, you know, and this is the point. In the beginning, I posed the question, like, how does this happen? Well, we're seeing how it happens. Um, it happens so slowly and so sneakily that you almost don't notice. And again, if you're an outlier of society, if you're a marginalized person, you you already know this, you know, you've been dealing with this your whole life probably. But the privileged people in the middle who haven't had to notice this um, are uh, 
maybe noticing it right now, maybe choosing to ignore it right now, or maybe just like unconcerned, you know, like they just like, they're just a mommy blogger and they just follow other white mommy bloggers on the internet. So they don't experience like news this way, or they have a camo wearing F-250 driving husband and they live in a McMansion and fly a Confederate flag and like they feel like Trump is their guy you know they're into it and I guess like that's the other thing I've been thinking about is um you know how the supporters of Trump are these like violent racist homophobic or I guess queerphobic is like the better the more inclusive way to say it um misogynistic like just they're white supremacists they're just like neo-nazis it's the same person who's been touting this rhetoric and upholding the system since the beginning of fucking time you know might as well be uh a slaver like might as well be a genocider <laughs> might as well be christopher columbus you know what i mean it's the same mode of operating it's the same dysfunction it's the same kind of evil and you know i think sometimes even using the word evil is like is like cutting them too much slack because I don't know, it makes them this, it's almost like you can't help it when you call someone evil. I think it's like more condemning or more damning to be like, that's just a person choosing to be the worst version of a person. Um, I just, I'm like looking at my notes to make sure I said everything as we're wrapping up. It's really hot here. Oh, I was going to say, um, in my Sunday healing circle, you know, whatever I think about all week and whatever I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk about this in the group this week. But I never say it. I usually, like, we get in the group. It's on Zoom, so it's, like, super low-key. We get in the group. We start chit-chatting. We ask how everyone is. And inevitably, without me having to say it, the thing comes up. And this week, as soon as we were like, hi, how are you? One of our members was like, well, I've been kind of bummed out because of, like, the state of the world. And we immediately start talking about fascism. So it just, like, comes up. And it's, it's proof to me of, like, what Carl Jung called the collective consciousness, you know, the fact that this is what astrology talks about like what's going on in the stars is affecting all of us today is the new moon in cancer by the way everyone happy culmination of this brutal cancer capricorn eclipse season i hope you released a lot i hope you healed a lot i hope we are still currently releasing a lot um, I think we are, and the stars are cheering us on in this revolution, so, like, just have faith and hope in that, but, um, it's proof that we're all dealing with the same shit, you know, we have, I mean, clearly, we're all experiencing world events at the same time, but it's more than that, it's, like, this, the same stuff, we're, we're all anxious about the same stuff, like, we're all healing similar wounds, we're all dealing with similar patterns, and, like, I don't know, you just see it. Like, you just, once you start opening up to people really vulnerably, like, the same, you see that we're all riding the same wave here. Um, so if you haven't come, you should come, because it's really healing just to hear other people say what you're thinking or feeling. Um, ooh, here's a good point. Um, someone said on Sunday that that uh, we underestimate American ignorance or that the people in power underestimate American ignorance, but actually we, we changed our mind and that they're just capitalizing on the American ignorance that they created. Like, the fascism starts in schools. Like I was talking about earlier about how we teach and learn about the slave, the North, Atl North Atlantic slave trade or 
uh, the Holocaust in World War II or the genocide of indigenous people or even like, you know, women's rights or like the truth of the the American leaders that we call heroes. You know, if you, I can't remember exactly what everyone on Mount Rushmore did, but every stupid face on Mount Rushmore is like a piece of shit, objectively. <laughs> you know, we like uphold these people, these men who were sort of exactly like Trump, you know, these backbiting, empathy devoid assholes who created, founded a society based on um, the exploitation of others and like that's what America's been from the start um, oh this is a good point Whitney also said on Sunday that fascism relies on groupthink, which is the lack of critical thinking skills. You know, it's this this authoritarian idea, which is taught in our churches, in our Christian churches, I feel like most obviously, which is this like, do not question God and do not question people who have the authority to tell you what God said, you know, like we know right from wrong. If you, if you're like anti-abortion, you're going to hell. If you're even a little bit queer, you're going to hell. If you get divorced, you're going to hell. If you wear pants, sometimes you're going to hell. If you cut your hair and you're a woman going to hell, you know what I mean? It's this like judgment, like fear-based, um, control system and you know I feel like that do not question me like this is what our parents do I was talking about this in the freedom of and control episode if you haven't listened to it go listen to it but uh that way of you know that my way or the highway sort of um way of being is just inherently toxic you know it just is not good for anyone (laughs) um but encouraging, I don't know, just like encouraging people not to question. Really, like, encouraging is even too positive of a word. Like, forcing people into complacency and compliance by way of fear, by way of preying on their ego, by way of, um, you know, of a threat of punishment. It's like, it's like the reason why America is a fascist country is be one of the big reasons is because we don't have a choice. Like you have to participate in this. If you don't participate in it, you're punished either by not having your needs met, um, which can lead to like death or houselessness, which can lead to death. <laughs> um, you know, it's like the consequences to living outside of the system are pretty dire. So that keeps a lot of us participating in the system, which which keeps a lot of us from being able to stand up to the system or reject the system. You know, it's this like vicious cycle. It's just like an abusive relationship. Like it's the same kind of feeling of trapped where it's like, I know this is bad for me. I don't want to experience this anymore, but I don't have the tools necessary to escape it because the person abusing me made sure that I didn't have the tools necessary to escape it. Right. It's like by design. Um, and you know, this is also a good point as far as the group think like this uh american like neoliberalism like especially the white moderate but just moderates in general like the democratic party as we know it it, they're just a bunch of cowards like you can't fight fascism by being like oh please mr dictator please be reasonable like please just like defund the police a little bit like it just doesn't work that way like 
what has worked historically ripping the dictator away from power and like throwing them in jail like what do you mean get it out of there like it doesn't belong there we need to stop playing this game of like let's appeal to reason because clearly the fascist right has never been interested in reason they've been interested in getting as much power as possible so that that they can make as much money as possible and like yes it really is that simple like it seems insane that they're doing all this evil just to get richer but a hundred percent that's what it is because when someone is uh, completely obsessed immersed in the material you know when like materialism is all that matters to them they are disconnected from their soul they are disconnected from their higher self they are disconnected from compassion um and goodness at all you know it completely clouds your decision making skills it's like we see this trope all the time of like the ceo dad missing christmas with his family because he has to work you know it's like it's a program it's like telling us to prioritize work over our health and our happiness um, because we're just cogs in the machine. We're just the cost of doing business. Who cares if you just waste your whole life and potential on the conveyor belt of capitalism as long as some ugly, melty white dude gets a couple billion more dollars, you know? It's insane. Um, but one of the reasons why nothing has changed, and I think this is important to keep in mind, like in the same sense of keeping in mind that America has been fascist from the start, just sneakier, uh, sneakier over time, or like I guess less sneaky over time as Trump is like, you know, the real fucking deal with this stuff. Um, the scariest one yet. Um... You know, the Democrats, the establishment, the government has a vested interest in keeping things the way they are. And if you look at the policies of Obama or Clinton um, or, you know, any president that anyone considers like effective or good, um, even the liberals, you see that that fascist policy was there then too. You know, that they've all been doing the work to uphold this white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchy because. Um, that's what works for them. So how do we fight it? Um, I think that we need to think a little bit smaller. I mean, I think these big movements are really, really important, but as we're seeing in Portland, um, the suppression of the state will will prevail in that sense. Like, they have more weapons, they have more equipment, they have less of a soul, so they're more willing to hurt people, um, and they have, uh, benevolence, right, they have, like, they can murder, this is the thing with police, like, it's too much fucking power to be able to murder without repercussions, like, that's just not okay, and so these, like, Trump police forces that are appearing, um, you know, they're shutting the movements down, and so, like, if that's too scary for you or if things get too hardcore out there, although I think it is important to, like, keep staying in the streets and keep, like, fighting the good fight in that way. But if it does get too scary or if, like, shit really starts going down, um, it's all about community. It's all about person to person. It's all about mutual aid. It's all about making sure everyone gets their needs met. It's about being generous. It's about being self-aware and self-reflective and a, a able to um take responsibility for like everything um for 
for the way you do things, for questioning the way you do things, for for wondering if there if things can be done better or more equitably or with more love. Um, I guess like that's the thing is like love is the the solution to capitalism um understanding that we're all human and that if we exist here that's we don't need to do anything else in order to deserve to have our needs met like the sheer fact that you're alive uh means that you're supposed to be here and that you're a divine creature on this earth and that um you should be able to eat and have a roof over your head and ultimately be happy and like relaxed and have fun through life and i think that's what fascism sort of teaches us i mean this is what capitalism teaches us for sure um and the white supremacist is hetero capitalist is hetero patriarchy uh teaches us that life is suffering that like we're just here to work and then die and that's just not the case like if you've ever had a really good day or like spent time in nature or went on a really fun trip or had really great sex like you understand that life is so much more than materialism and power and control and finding your your little piece of the pie um when really we're all just down here fighting for scraps you know um it's really about like looking your neighbors in the eye and smiling at them and like asking how they are or like i don't know helping an old lady across the street like finding jobs that fulfill you on a spiritual um like loving level you know knowing you're doing good in the world knowing you're making a positive impact um just finding ways to really connect being vulnerable like making art that's that means something like there's so many ways that we can combat this um you know even if it isn't yet full-on violent revolution although there's part of me that like thinks that may be inevitable and um you know I'll definitely be participating if it comes to that because like what choice do we have um but in the meantime we can we can just love each other a little bit harder you know if you can like if you have the the platform and the wherewithal like start healing circles like start having these conversations keep each other motivated in the fight uh you know support each other as we speak out and we learn to be uh courageous revolutionaries because this is new shit for a lot of people you know and certainly in america like we haven't had to look in the mirror of um you know we haven't had to really face especially as white people in america like we haven't ever been asked to face the darkness um within us and the karma of the destruction we have wrought <laughs> in our time here and so this is a, a a pretty big opportunity to look at it to say like we see this karmic cycle coming back up you know and we reject it like we do we choose not to participate in it and um you know that can show up in many ways um the way that i'm thinking of it is just by like making incredible art that appeals to people just like cut out <laughs> cut out the people in power entirely and just like have an authentic vulnerable honest relationship with the people who engage with my art and then using that as a vehicle for this message of freedom that i'm trying to like 
<laughs> shout from the rooftops and like plant this seed in as many people as possible you know just like encouraging people to question just like driving home that point of like you can find happiness within yourself you can find freedom within yourself and um that freedom, that awareness leads you to wanting to help other people find freedom as well, which is, that's in my freedom versus control episode also. So please go listen to it if you haven't. Um, yeah, we just have to, we have to, let's see in the tarot. There's this card, the strength card. I talk about it all the time because it is so profound and beautiful. But it's this angelic looking woman in like a white gown and white represents like purity. And she has her arm around a lion's neck. And the lion's got its mouth open. And it, you know, it can be like read a couple different ways. Like if you think of a lion tamer in a circus, it's like with the whip and the chair. And it's very like man versus beast. But on this card, it's more of a feminine energy, which is that like, it's telling you like we all have this beast within us. You know, like there is a trump that lives in all of us. If you're an abusive sort of person, you're letting your trump run the show. Um it can always be quelled though it can always be um you can turn that voice that drive that desire for power and control that desire that says i'm more worthy of someone else or that i have to hold someone else's head underwater in order for me to get a gasp of air um that can be that is just like a program you know and like any program just like the i am unworthy of love program just like the i deserve mistreatment program you know it can be taken out examined um plucked you know plucked from the root and thrown away and replaced with something more positive and more true and so i think that's you know when gandhi problematic old dude that he was when he said be the change you wish to see in the world that's what he was talking about he was talking about as above so below as within so without if you want to defeat fascism like defeat the fascist in yourself if you want to defeat capitalism defeat the capitalist in yourself because what happens is once you conquer it you're going to tell someone else how you did it and then they're going to use those tools to tackle it in themselves and they're going to tell someone else how they did it and i think that is like that's one way that the revolution is picking up steam. Um, and sometimes you don't always see this growth and change, but it doesn't mean it's not happening. It just means you have to pay attention and you have to connect more with others. Um, so let's all try to be a little bit more conscious, a little bit more committed to our healing, a little bit more committed to others, um, and a little bit more in line with like what is healthy. like. Where do we feel happy? Where do we feel peaceful? Where do we feel fulfilled? And if you don't have any answers for those questions right now, just realize that you're probably a little bit brainwashed and it's time for you to start questioning. Um, and I guess that is the conclusion of this episode. <laughs> Defeat fascism by questioning everything. The truth is out there, friends. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was good and coherent. Um, if you would like to get more of me in your email inbox, you can sign up for my super cool newsletter. Um, 
I write about astrology, I pull a tarot card every week and give everyone a mantra, I just kind of talk about my thoughts for the week, I plug all my various little events, and um, I don't know, it's just like a really fun thing I do every week, and I would love to have you be a part of it, so you can DM me on Instagram your email address, or you can email it to me if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to discuss or you know you want to tell me that you're an MRA in an alt-right reddit forum and you want me to eat shit and die you can email me at walkonmychild at gmail.com if you want to follow me on instagram it's brit underscore that's underscore it twitter is the same thing with an extra underscore at the end um stay vigilant friends we can we can stop this thing um happy healing i love you so much bye Beware.